Hello, and welcome to the Television Spotlight on the Comic Book Page podcast. My name is John May. In this episode, we'll be having a spoiler-filled discussion about a television show that we think you'll enjoy. In this episode, I'm joined by my sister Kay, and we're going to have a spoiler-filled discussion on the second half of the fourth season of Star Trek Discovery. We'd watched the first, I don't know, seven episodes, and we just watched, uh, you know, and recorded on that. Now we watched the final six. There was a hiatus between, and this continued the whole mystery of what was going on with the dark matter anomaly, always called here the DMA, because you know why bother telling us what it was? They then go after the species designated 10C. No explanation as to what happened with 10A or B or the other nine, but sure, they they have a great naming convention. And overall, it was it was a decent storyline. I mean, there were a few things that were rather convenient here and there. You know, when they first start communicating, they have to figure out even how to communicate. And then when they go to 10C, that seems to be like a, a hive mind collective and doesn't have the sense of individuality. Really, a communication or two later before they've even explained it, it's like it's dawned on them, oh, you must be individuals. Mm-hmm. So there were a couple of things where I think if they'd had more episodes, more time or something like that, they potentially could have you know gotten deeper into although honestly i don't know that they would have i i think it dawned on them you must be individuals because most people don't do the equivalent of chopping off a toe yeah yeah the infighting amongst them i guess the problem was the way it had been phrased is they don't even have the concept of an individual yeah versus they must not realize we are i was unsurprised that tarka the the genius scientist of the season turned out to be a little unhinged and unreliable and, and untrustworthy. That my, was telegraphed. My problem was he was so unreliable that when we got his story of why he's doing this, I couldn't trust what he was telling us. Yeah, we knew he was, yeah, this is the story he's given. That's not to say that's what happened. And I almost would have liked to have seen, again, if they'd had more time, another telling of that story where we get the same verbiage, mm. but what was really going on. Yeah. I don't know how they could have gotten that out to us, but you know what I mean. There were just a few parts where, and again, the actor they chose for that was, I think, well cast. He was in a short-lived series from a number of seasons ago called Endgame, where he played a, a chess master who underwent a, a traumatic uh, event when his wife died, and it left him unable to leave the hotel he was at at the time. And he starts essentially making a living by aiding the police and other investigators because he's he's a brilliant thinker. Yeah. And they did some fun stuff where he's like recreating a crime scene mentally as somebody's describing it to him. Oh, look here, look here, you know, and figuring it out remotely and such. So getting uh, Sean Doyle for this, it's a different character, but enough of the same type. I could see why he was chosen and he did a good job with it. Well, early on, something about the character struck me. Very similar to Lorca from season one. There's an aspect of I know something you don't know. It was that, but it was also some kind of mirror universe. This isn't my reality or I don't want this to be my reality. It's the I don't want this to be my reality, but the way he was saying I'm from somewhere else implied he was from another dimension trying to get back home. And that seemed to turn out to never be the case. 
Yeah, it it seemed to be that he was trying to go to the dimension that would have the happy life he wanted effectively. And there is the possibility, although we didn't see it, that he made it there. Yeah. I, I doubt it, and I don't think they ever need to follow up on that. Yeah. But they they spent a fair amount of time, you know, with, you know, can we trust him or not as a, a lingering question, at least in my mind, although it didn't really seem to be kind of put out there. And there were a couple of times, like, he was able to take uh, Reno hostage, even though she seemed to have the upper hand on him when they encountered each other, that it's like, okay, a, a little more explanation would have been nice there. Yeah. But it was a, a decent season, and the second half of it, it more or less landed the ending, I think. Mm-hmm. There were a few things where they, they skipped over some details on the, the species 10C. They never bothered to name them, which no. disappointed me. Or ask them if they've named themselves. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah. They should, you know, what should we call you? Do you want to at least be in contact with the Federation? Stuff like that. And I think there was the potential of a seed being dropped for a future storyline where the whole thing with this dark matter anomaly is it was, it wiped out Quajon and was about to wipe out later Earth and Navarre, the, the future Vulcan world. And they convinced the race to turn it off, but it's like, if we do that, we can't power our, uh, I forget what they were calling it, the the shield around their world. Hyper... Their hyperfield. Yeah. But it begs the question, why did they feel they needed the hyperfield to begin with? To prevent whatever destroyed them a thousand years ago that made them flee the planet. Which implies either natural disaster, which seems unlikely, or aggressive alien race, which seems very likely. Yet they're not worried about that now, but it seems like whatever made them isolationist is the potential threat for a future season. So I was surprised they didn't kind of end on that note, because they really ended on a they could go anywhere from here next season. Yeah. Well, this season was about uh, the evils of mining, drilling, what have you, Mm -hmm. to the lesser life forms you aren't considering. It was very much a, a environmentalism once you dig past the surface level and such, yeah. So you've got that going on, and then you've got the conflicting political feelings, opinions. Does the tear couples apart? Can people find the middle ground and unite? Yeah, because there were a couple of times with, do we make contact or do we just blow them, blow them up and such? And there were some people where on the, the crew of Discovery, they had differing opinions. You know, was Book in the right? Was he in the wrong? Which was a little surprising that it seemed to actually get in the way of their job at times. Well, and it was, do we blow up the people sending the mining equipment or do we blow up the mining equipment? Yeah. And either way, it's going to annoy the people with the mining equipment. Yeah. So talk to them first. Yeah. And they had some believable reasons, like why the general sort of betrayed them and then helped out later. Mm -hmm. Why Book did what he did made sense. So I don't think they had characters kind of acting out of character or out of a logical place from where their their mind was at. Yeah. Even Tarka. I mean, he was clearly traumatized and seeing a world through a particular lens, but given his backstory, having been captive from the the chain and stuff like that and whatnot, it it made sense. Mm Mm-hmm. I do think there was a little more backstory to be had there as to what was his life like before he was enslaved, how did he get enslaved, and a little more of the afterward. Yeah. 
because he seemed to be known by the president for a while between being enslaved 10 years ago and the, the then present day. Yeah. Well, and there was a comment by the admiral that basically when he'd first heard Tarka speak nine or 10 years ago. Yeah. He'd realized this is the guy. Well, and they were looking for alternative uh, power sources mm -hmm. to get off dilithium energy, which, when you consider the burn, makes sense. Yeah, but it makes me wonder, given the political landscape last season, how he'd gotten free 10 years ago and stayed free. Even if he got out of the, the one mining camp or whatever. Getting off planet, how did he get to Federation space before, and again, the burn era, warp travel isn't a thing. Yeah. So there's a couple of things that the the more you think about it, don't always hold up. Mm -hmm. Which is part of where, to me, it felt like he came from a different universe, a different reality, whatever we're calling it. Yeah, if they had revealed he was from the mirror universe or some other dimension, that would have made sense. And would have also been interesting to tie into what we had seen elsewhere in this future with how uh, Michelle Yeoh's character had been from the Mirror Universe. And that was the first time they'd seen one like that in 500 years. So probably wouldn't have been from the Mirror Universe, but there's at least an awareness of this time frame of multidimensional travel. Yeah. Well, I would have liked if basically when they had left where they got the... I forget what it was, whether it was antimatter, what they went back to the chain camp for. Mm -hmm. But if Book had basically been able to download some garbled security footage mm. of what actually happened when he said that he had betrayed the partner and the device didn't work and he felt guilty about betraying the partner and the people came in and ended up uh, attacking them, et cetera, et cetera. If the security footage had shown that basically there was a blip and he, the people of this universe, had switched with people of another one. Oh, I see what you're saying. Basically swapped. So from their point of view, they switched worlds, but maybe didn't even realize it. Yeah. And then later he could have realized, I'm not from around here. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's some stuff they could have done along those lines that wouldn't have taken up additional time. Kind of a, he only thought the device hadn't worked. Yeah. And by the time he realized, wait, the device had worked, which meant they could go to this mythical place they'd been trying for all along, he'd abandoned the guy because he thought the device hadn't worked and that they couldn't both get out. Yeah. Which would also explain why he thought a year later or whatever, whenever it was, he thought the guy had gotten the device to work. Well, and there was a mention of going back to the camp every year ever since. And I'm like, well, how long has it been abandoned? How did you make it back and forth? Why? Yeah. He was checking on the uh, stash. Yeah. Well, the, the what he was doing made sense, but yeah. the how he was doing it, again, the burn for 10 years. I agree. It, it's things like that that sometimes make me wonder, do they remember what they'd done in the previous season? No. And I think that's a little unfortunate. We did not get the trill at all this half of the season. No. Gray had gone off to the Trill homeworld to train to be a guardian. Adira came back. Yeah. Uh, we do see Tilly there at the end, which is nice. Mm -hmm. We had one scene where we had Bryce. Meanwhile, we've got what looked like could have been literally the stand-in actor for him mm -hmm. taking over his station. Yeah. I mean, other than the guy being a bit skinnier, same rough height, look, etc. Blur the camera and it, it 
could be the same guy sort of uh, similarity. And I'm assuming it's just because the actor for Bryce was busy doing other things. I hope so. He's a good actor. We've yeah. seen him in at least one uh, TV movie. I mm-hmm. think he did well on that. And where they leave the season, he could easily be brought back in. Yeah. But he was left with the, we're trying to figure out how to communicate to the galactic core and, and stuff like that, where for, or where Discovery was then going. And it, it gave the possibility that this season could end with them either being stuck there or elsewhere in the universe, and he would be their point of contact back at, at home base. Didn't yeah. go that way, but certainly they set that up as a possibility. Well, the form of communication they ended up with, the language 10C had, doesn't really seem like a language you could do long distance. No, you would need a relay station or some sort of a a transmitter or whatever. But once you've got the device that Suru had, you just need to have that with a a remote control. But you also need the thing that Zora was doing on the ship that creates the hydrocarbons and launches them at something. Because Saru was doing the lights that code to I the hydrocarbons. I thought he had the matter transmitter or whatever synthesizer to do the that stuff, and, and Zora was doing the lights. Mm. Either way, you could set that up in the equivalent of a shuttle pod or probe or something. I mean, they'd done it with the dots, being able to go do it against the, uh, the hyperfield. Yeah, they went spray-painted, whatever yeah. it was, yeah. The fact they didn't seem to leave anything behind... For continued communication with this race was was interesting. Mm-hmm. And it would be a very interesting addition to the Federation of that time and open some doors, I think. Yeah. Because there's nothing that would prevent them from then using 10C as a, and we're inviting this other re- race to meet you, mm-hmm. you know, because there's nothing to say that they didn't know anyone else. So there was, again, some interesting stuff this season, but there was a lot of kind of angst at times. You know, Earth and Navarre are in danger. They also did a very interesting, understated, but a little over the top at times, romance between Saru and the president of Navarre. Yeah. Which played really well, but there are a couple of times it's like, everyone else can see where it's going, can't you two? Yes. So I think that was a very interesting decision to where to take his character. And it made a lot of sense and it worked. Mm-hmm. Now, every season they've shifted who's captain. So I do wonder if Burnham's going to remain in command next season. And if not, why not? And who would take her place? Yeah. Well, they sent Book to Europa at the end. Mm -hmm. But conceivably, time could elapse before the next season and he's now available to come back or not. You know, it depends where they want to go with that character. So I, I couldn't tell if he was being written out or not. Neither could I. So it's surprising given where they've ended most seasons. Really, uh, at the end of the first, they teased Spock and the Enterprise. At the end of the second, they'd banished them, presumably to the future or some other time frame. And then, beginning of this one, had they really set up this arc, or is it just where do we go from here? I think it was a rebuilding of the Federation kind of mindset. Rebuilding of the Federation, and we started this season thinking we were going to be cargo dilithium deliverers. Yeah, they'd solved the burn, so now it was reunite and get the dilithium out there. Yeah. Whereas there was no real game plan at this point that I can see that, that telegraphs at least where they need to start next season. Yeah. And that's, that's not a good thing or a bad thing. It's just a thing. I will say there were a couple of times this season there were very gratuitous transporter uses. Yes, a lot. We've got a, a shuttle that's for some reason just hovering up there in the cargo bay. 
let's teleport up to it versus having it land, walk in, and then fly off. Well, an empty shuttle. Well, it's not as bad as when they left the bridge empty to, to go talk to the Tennessee. Well, that's true. I'm like, who's minding the ship here? Every cast member we know of is here. Or in engineering. Yes. Some of them stayed there. They did knock out the spore drive. True. But they said that they could repair that in dry dock. They said they couldn't repair it without dry dock, but presumably they can repair it in dry dock. And the prototype uh, spore drive had been uh, obliterated with book ship. Yeah. So it comes down to do they have the parts and stuff like that, which with programmable matter, I'm unclear what they need to go back to dry dock for. Mm. But okay. I would presume they would get that fixed between end of this season, start of the next. In other words, I expect to come back with those repairs being mostly finished, but maybe not totally. Yeah. Well, and we seem to all be going down to Earth for vacation. Mm-hmm. I'd actually like it if they start next season, where at least in the opening episode, we get to see some of these people still on vacation. Mm. Where have they gone? What are they doing? Who's hanging with who? And then starting to, to get called back, maybe as their vacations have gotten cut short or something like that. Yeah. You know, it's their first downtime in close to a thousand years, so hopefully they get more than a few days. Be nice. Were there any other major cast changes or status quo changes they did this season? Don't really think of any. You could argue if Book came back from the dead or not. I'm going to argue not. No, he got uh, Barkley style stuck in the transporter buffer. Uh, it was more Scotty style. Ah, uh, okay. But yeah, we got a little with Adira starting to make some friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, Reno acting as a little bit of a, a mentor figure mm-hmm. for her. Reno her had game, some whatever. good scenes. Yeah, Reno had some good stuff. Adira had some good stuff. Yeah. They did, I think, a lot of really good stuff with the doctor. Yes. He's become the ship's counselor, whether yes. he intended to or not. Whether he wants to or not. He, he wants to, but it's a lot of pressure on him. Yes. And with Stammons, they've really, he's the character I think that's changed I'm going to argue the second most out of the whole group from where we started originally. Okay. Because he was a jerk. He was. Originally. More than just blunt, he was cruel at times. And now he is so radically different. It's not even funny. Yeah, the Doctor and Adira have both been used to soften him dramatically. And Tilly early on. Yes. But he was pretty hard on her in the beginning. She wore him down. That's my point. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're right. There were a lot of characters that had to do a lot to get him to be human. Yes. Because he was just not a nice person. And now he's not, I'm going to say, the friendliest engineer we've had out of all the treks, but certainly not the least unfriendly at this point. I no longer groan when he comes on screen. Yes. His character is much more palatable and likable. I will say the one character that I think has, has changed radically since the beginning is Michael Burnham. Mm. Yeah, I would agree. You look at some of the stuff, particularly in the finale of this season, and if you had shown out of context one or two of her reactions and stuff compared to the pilot episode Michael Burnham. Yeah, the pilot episode Michael Burnham was Vulcan. Yes. Yeah. And I this would one agree. was very emotional, and understandably so. Yeah. But they've they've built that, I think, the year apart she had between second and third season helped that a lot Mm -hmm. so they've they've evolved that character in some interesting ways and i appreciate that and it it, they've given her a lot they've given most of the crew a lot to work with yeah 
you know, we got quite a bit with uh, con officer, mm-hmm. Joanne, I forget her, la- I can't pronounce her last name. Yeah, that's where I'm at. Starts with an O and goes on for a few days. She had a really good episode when her and Michael kind of went off uh, looking for book and some other stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's not just she's a really good bridge officer. She can hold herself in a fight. Yeah. And I very much took it as she's willing to take some punishment to build up the odds and uh, and hustle some people. Yeah, exactly. So this is a crew where I don't know. I, I think it'd be very interesting to watch them play poker. <laughs> yes, yes. And we did get some next gen episodes along those lines. Yeah, but there's one where, with this crew, they have such interesting styles. I mean, Detmer, I think, would have an incredible poker face. Mm, mm-hmm. And uh, Uahu, or however her name is pronounced, I think she would intentionally be throwing some hands to sucker some people and nail them last, you know, yeah. in later hands. And I'm curious how Stammons or the Doctor or... Bryce or a few of these others would do. Mm-hmm. I think it would be a very lively game. Yes. And I think it would be one that they would all enjoy trying to outplay the others. Yeah. And I would like to see more of them hanging together off duty. Mm-hmm. And again, going back to I'd like to see how they spend their vacation and such. Yeah. Because this is a crew that has become a family out of spending so much time together, but also having gone, you know, 930 years or whatever past their own time. Well, we brought back Nan, I think is the character's name. Mm-hmm. And she had gone back to her home world. She'd tried to live there for a while. She'd found the village where kind of her family's descendants were and had felt that she couldn't tell them that she was from 900 years ago. So, I think part of it was at the time there was also the ban on time travel. Yes. I don't know if that's been lifted such that she could tell them or not now, but the impression was yes. But, I mean, she was talking about how she felt she could only be half of herself Mm -hmm. with them. But with the people on Discovery, she could be all of herself. I would love, and that's part of why I think it'd be fun to see the crew on Earth on their off time. Because I could see one of them going to an antique dealer they happened to walk by and just about falling apart is it's, I must have that. Well, that's a nothing item. You can just have it, or it's just something that's been cluttering up the store, or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, no, that was mine. Yeah, you know what I mean. And actually, getting a literal touchstone to their past. Yeah, I mean, the bit we got with them at the academy a season or two back was nice. Yeah, but there's there's more they could do with them now. I think that we've kind of fleshed some of these these characters out. Well, the other thing that would be kind of funny, and I don't know which of the characters would be the right choice, but have them go back to somewhere where it's like, I remember seeing so-and-so give what they said would be the speech that goes down in history, and I hear they've put up either a statue or a plaque, and I want to go see it. And they go to the spot, and there's no statue, there's no plaque, and they're looking all around, and they ask somebody, and they're like, oh yeah, that happened about a mile from here? And they're like, no, no, it happened right here. Then they get there and they've misquoted it. They've misunderstood it. They've. Exactly. There is an aspect where some of of them could be history teachers just because they lived through it. Yeah. I was half expecting when we saw Tilly again of her having gone and having to correct certain 
things from the course material or something like that. You know, they learn the wrong lessons from history or they learn the right ones, but I don't know how. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's quite a bit they could do with that. So there was a surprising amount of the season where we barely got on the bridge at all. Yes. And given what a community they were starting to build up with the bridge crew, I would like to see them do a little bit more with that. Because mm-hmm. there's still a couple. The replacement communications officer, we don't really know him that well. Yeah, Christopher. Christopher. The girl who often gets the, the con or whatever, the blonde, mm-hmm. I'm forgetting her name. She might be Reese, but I'm not sure. Maybe, not sure. I was thinking she might have been. Well, it's the one on the uh, looking towards the captain from the view screen, the one on the left side. Oh, no. Reese was the one who stayed behind. Yeah, I don't know what her name is, but Christopher's definitely the replacement. Um, Bryce. So maybe she is Reese. I don't know. Anyway, That's the problem. Yeah, there, there's the two Conan ops we've gotten to know. And then the other ones, some of them, again, the, the blonde and stuff, she, I think, had replaced the, I don't want to say the Android one, but the, the part mech one that we'd had a season early mm. in the seasons. I, I think there's a few more that they could really be building up a bit more. Linus being on the, the bridge was a little surprising. Mm-hmm. He's at least recognizable, even if his lips don't move. Yeah. I'd like to see the, them flesh that, that group out a little bit more. And just get to know them. Yeah. But overall, it was some good uh, good stuff, decent story, and I don't know that we need season-long arcs, but that's the way they're going. I'm okay with that. I don't know how many more seasons they're planning on going with Discovery, mm. but I hope they get to where they can really land the ending and end on a, a meaningful note. Yeah. And so far, they've been doing entertaining stories. It helps now that they're in the future, because I felt their tech was... More sophisticated than uh, original series, even, you know. Yeah. And that was a little little just kind of weird. Yeah, I agree. And I'm curious how they're going to play that in Strange New Worlds, which again is still, you know, a five, ten year before prequel to the original series. Yeah. Anything else? I think that does it. Cool. The show notes and form for this podcast can be found at www.comicbookpage.com under the podcast and forum sections of the website. Please email us at theguys at comicbookpage.com and let us know what you think of what was discussed in this episode. Thanks for listening.